back to a new episode of Crack Records. I'm Drusan and I'm Hell here, yeah. of course, with the one and only Cindy. Woo, and today, we're so glad to have you back. Yeah, today we have a very special episode. It's really huge topic, but we're going to try to sort of like simmer down. I don't know. Trying to talk the specifics of it. But first, of course, mm. I have to ask Cindy, what is your song of the week? What what are you pumping lately? Oh my god. So this week I've been listening to Shakira again nonstop. Uh and the song of the week for me is No from her and Gustavo Cerati because it's it's a bitter nostalgic song and for some reason it's stuck in my head. And I've been watching this live performance of her. I don't remember from what year it is and That song specifically is very, I don't know, like, I'm a happy person, but I love sad songs. Sad songs, bitter Sad songs are the best. Yeah. We love being depressed, actually. (laughs) (laughs) No, we don't. We just like sad music. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What is your song of the week? Um, my song of the week is actually I don't know if you know who Blade and Echo 2K are. I don't. What are they? They are okay. They are musicians from Sweden, and they mm-hmm. are part of this community called Drain Gang, which is basically like a like a um, like a cult. Like I'm not kidding. Like if you if you search on Twitter Drain Gang or whatever, it's like a cult. But uh, jokes aside, uh, it's this sort of like artist community in Sweden based on like trap pop hyper pop mm-hmm. uh, what people call cloud rap which is like dreamy type of rap so yeah they released a album and it's actually really good I really like it and my, my song the song that is I'm pumping the, is it like the dream uh, dream pop equivalent to hip hop mm, you could say yeah kinda yeah um, the one that I'm bumping I'm more, ch- it's uh, Girls Just Wanna Have Fun, uh, which is... Is it like the Cindy Lauper song? No, no, because one, the thing about Blade <laughs> is that he likes to take very well-known song titles and create a, like a new song around that. So it's mm, kind of interesting that... I wonder... I'm going to have to look up how... If there's any process to clear out the name, if there, if oh yeah, know. that's interesting to know. That, that's, but I mean, I'm they are. Do- I mean, they. I don't know if if. I mean, obviously, we. It's important to know the legal aspects of everything, but they're very like, uh, you could say underground or indie or whatever. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they that type of artists have like, uh, I don't know trouble. I mean, everyone can Everybody have trouble. Has trouble yeah. For- yeah, especially how regulated the music industry is nowadays. You should have um, a legal basis, which raises me the question whether that kills the creativity of the creative process of music. But, in, I mean, with so many people stealing songs back in the day with no consequences whatsoever, it's only fair to have some sort of protection to your art that yeah. you created with your blood sweat and tears yeah i mean it's just the title because the song it doesn't sound at all like like the oh okay like the classic oh, okay. like that, not at all that makes not sense. even close today's topic oh my god yeah it's it's huge it's very um 
But we're gonna be, it's we're complicated. Gonna be, yeah, it's complicated. We're going to try to like, I don't know. Keep it short and exactly, sweet. Exactly, because it, we're going to be talking about songwriting. And the songwriting topic, it's very wide, very, it depends uh, in what aspect we're going to be talking about. I think we're basically just going to be diving in how we personally think it's a great song how how uh but before we we before we dive into that first we gotta define in our own perspective what is songwriting what is songwriting what do you consider songwriting songwriting for me it's taking a feeling or a thought or an experience and sort of like developing into a more grander way uh a more i could say like songwriting it's a, a more advanced poetry like i personally think that po po poetry in in a uh in a very specific form of telling i don't know if that makes sense so you mean it's poetry in motion yeah mm. yeah that <laughs> yeah, that makes I, that's, sense. That's, that's that's what I grasp because um, when we think about songwriting, we think about the lyrics. But actually, songwriting is any contribution, um, whether it's to the melody of the song, to yeah. the lyrics of the song, or the instruments of the song. Hence, sometimes you see that artists um, have in the songwriting credits up to 20 people. Yeah, and one may ask, oh, a how very is controversial it topic. That It's a very controversial topic because you see songs like specifically pop songs that have like the simplest lyrics. And you're like, how did nine people come together, wrote this piece of garbage that doesn't make any sense when you have other writers like Bob Dylan, Neil Young, um, Freddie Mercury that write everything on their self? Well, hold your high horse and stop talking out of your ass because the songwriting credits actually varies from artist to artist. You can do um, what Chris Martin from Coldplay does. Even though he writes the lyrics and the melodies of the song, he splits everything equally between the band members. Mm. Um, also, Red Heart Chili Peppers do this. Um, even if one of the members write everything or they just like split everything equally to not have headaches. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the fair option. But also you see artists like Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones that he splits everything equally, 50-50 um, with Keith Richards. And everything else, uh, the other members of the band are just paid a fee. So mm. it's considered a work for hire agreement, which means let's say you and I come together, write a song, we create it together. We do like... Uh, Fun fact, we did. <laughs> oh my god do not i don't no, i don't know no. we're not gonna mention that but we we have we're, we have written a song together and yeah it's but in that the was past. like back in yeah we were like yeah, 15 that's that's like in the vault and the that's past. gonna stay there yeah it's, it's <laughs> gonna yeah it's gonna stay in the vault forever oh my god no i it's so cringe <laughs> I, to i cannot think about yeah it. oh my let's, god let's, let's keep going let's let's forget that i mentioned that <laughs> let's switch gears <laughs> oh my god um So yeah, if you and I come together and write a song, which we have, mainly this lyric structure and all, um, and I pay you a fee, even though you did most of the song, I'm the one who's going to get the credits because 
I paid you. It's like an mm. employer-employee agreement, but for songwriters. Um, there's also Bob Dylan, who writes everything, and he, he like, down to the instruments and all. Yeah. And he just brings the bands to complete the song, and he just pays them a fee, and he gets all the credits. I think this is what Taylor Swift does, because she writes her own music. Yeah, even though Taylor likes to be very um, generous with the credits... I think she has learned to not be generous anymore because some uh, collaborators she has worked beg or demand uh, a songwriting credit when, in fact, she does mostly all the work. The thing But, yeah. is, when you, don't dis when you don't discuss songwriting credits at the beginning, you have that sort of problem, which is why um, lawyers recommend to... Everything that has to do with songwriting credits and splitting everything and who's going to get what and who's going to get who, it should be discussed in the beginning, preferably with a lawyer, a manager, or somebody that's in the inside of the music business because otherwise these things happen. Yeah. Somebody profits, somebody gets more, and then the other one's just like, oh, I want a piece of the pie too. Like, I'm, dude. I feel like when it was most artists don't like to do that because they, they get a sense that It feels more like a business thing instead of like, oh, we just want to create art, you know? And then the aftermath at the end is going to be trouble. Like, oh, like I did, you know, uh, ego fighting over ego. Like I did this more, you did this less, whatever, you know? Um, but, but the yeah. thing is, music is business. Music is a business. Yeah. There's a whole industry. That's why you have big record labels. This is why you have music agents. This is why you have music lawyers. Because it is a business in and of itself. Like, there is agreement specifically for the music industry. Like, it's you can't treat advertisement deals or TV deals, or video game deals, the way you treat music deals, because um, the in and outs and the expertise are different. Hmm. And like the wayabouts in the music industry is a whole another world. But anyways, uh, that was kind of the layout, because I had to say it, Uh, I had to say it respectfully on the multiple songwriters because it happens all the time where you see people putting um, songs written by one person or one person being in the credits and then next to it you see a pop song that says written by and there's like a list of 20 people and people are like, oh, music is garbage nowadays yeah. because nobody writes. Um, They need 10 people to write. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. They need But 10 people the to write. They're not creative anymore. It's like you said, uh, music is a business and songwriting credits are a business because maybe yeah. just out of those 10 people, two people wrote the whole song, but the other nine people were like, oh, you should change this word by this word. Exactly. And that was, his, that was his contribution and that's it. That, and that, he has a credit. Exactly. A good example exactly. is that uh, Rosalia's song, Chicken Teriyaki, she said that she wrote it with um i think el guincho and that the other people were like that uh and rao alejandro he has a uh credit in the song but she said that she, he only suggested like one word and he got credits exactly it's crazy um, like one word and you're you're already a songwriter <laughs> <laughs> i was listening to the 
Song Exploder podcast to the Dua Lipa episode for Levitating mm. uh, because I wanted to get an insight of how that song was created because that song has two lawsuits right now yeah. that were placed in the same week. And she explained that she was in the studio and the producer uh, bought a synth and the first melody that he played turned out to be the basis in which they constructed the song. Yeah, the main melody. And when, uh huh, and when 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 the basis and the beat was created, she started uh, blurting out the melodies like instantly. It just came to her. Yeah, and which is documented. Like it, like I feel it, like exa- the, the voice memo. It's legit. It's everything. Everything is documented. Um, and there's a person. Her name is Sarah. I don't know what relationship she has to her because I, I listened to the podcast episode. She, she's a songwriter. Ago. I think she. Oh, uh, she's just a song. Yeah, she always uh, writes with her. Yeah, she always writes. I with think her. it's Sarah uh, Hudson, if I'm mistaken. Sarah, Sarah Hudson. She's even in the in the lawsuit of "Live Your Life." Mm. Oh my God. Anyways. <laughs> we will um, eventually have to dive in into that topic later when the I wanna when the case goes. Uh, further i guess i have i have a copy of the complaint but i haven't found the rest of the dockets and mm. i want to i want to stay tuned with the legal process of it because if a complaint is filed now it's not going into trial until a few years unless they either settle or file for summary judgment which i'm not gonna get into because that's um legal knowledge that even though it's useful for the creatives it's not uh, part of the conversation that we're having right now. So, to start off with our good examples, our curated examples of what good songwriting is, we're going to start with La Ley, a, Chile, a band from Chile, which we both wanted to include in our weekly playlist. <laughs> it's great. Why don't you we start? Have, because no, you. You, you were the one who put it in the playlist, and well, then I realized I wanted to put it as as well. Okay, my my uh, meaning or explanation why I put this song into what I think is a great form of songwriting. First of all, I have to say that you know we, we have mentioned it before. Uh, you mentioned it earlier that melody and songwriting uh, do uh, go along. They really um, complement each other and are really important. And I personally think that melody, it's a, a form of songwriting that it's equally as important as lyrics because you can have the most extravagant, very unusual words in your song. But if you don't have a, a melody that sticks with you, you have nothing. And it's also like in hip hop where you have these structured beats, these fire beats, but then when you listen to the lyrics, they're kind of whack. Yeah. They, they, they fall flat. So songwriting is a combination of one thing and the other and the instruments as well. Fun fact, um, drum beats and patterns are not considered songwriting. Mm-hmm. And when I found that about it, I was boggled because... Uh, that makes it so easy to simply steal a drum beat and not give credits to the originator of this drum pattern. And, and to be honest, a lot of drum uh, beats, uh, like progressions, are actually reused a lot of times. 
In that happens songs. a lot in reggaeton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. that's that. The most basic and blatant example of that is reggaeton. They pretty much use the same um, beat. Yeah, the beat. drum progression. Yeah, the drum progression. Um, today, uh, the drummer of the Foo Fighters passed away at yeah. the age of fifty. It was a really sad news to wake up. Yeah, it was really sad considering that. Um, I saw Dave Grohl, I saw the lead vocalist of the. F- I'm sorry, yeah. Ah, uh-huh, you saw a tweet. Yeah, that I was. It really impressed me because I didn't know. Like I've, I'm, I'm sorry, but I didn't know that uh, Dave Grohl was the drummer of Nirvana. I was gonna say that that he went from the drummer of being he went from a drummer to a lead vocalist and losing his drummer. Uh, yeah, it's that, like uh, that's it what came I thought. full circle. That's really sad. I like I didn't know that. At all. Yeah, he he lost his frontman, and now that he's the frontman, he lost his drummer. That's do insane. you know uh, why he died? Uh, I, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't read why he died, and it's really sad because he was only fifty. He was super young. Yeah, he was really young. And his drum beats are insane. Very insane. It's like my favorite song of them is probably one of the most famous, um, Everlong, which mm. is part of the playlist of this week, because it's like it's a love song about finding somebody who aligns with you in so perfect ways, and you just want that feeling to last forever. And the drum pattern in that song is insane. It's off the hook. It's simple songwriting uh, in terms yeah. of lyrics, but it's a complex instrumental. Uh, song. Hey, sometimes simple songwriting it's the most hardest to do. I agree yeah. though because so, uh, you can have simple lyrics that um, make you provoke you questioning even your existence, and then you have the most complex words that you that you would have to browse into a dictionary to know what they mean. And if you have to get to that point, it, the song is not. Probably for you. Yeah. Okay, so the reason, uh, as I was saying, uh, the reason why I put uh, La Ley, the song is called Mentira, is because this song, for the longest time, has always made me cry. And it's because of the melody and the chords they use. Not because of the lyrics. I mean, uh, we were talking about songwriting here, but as we said before, melody is part of songwriting. And this melody is just, this song can be talking about anything, but I'm, I'm still going to cry because the melody is so bittersweet and gentle and just wraps you in it's just very sort of like euphoric uh sentiment of it's just great i love this song so much i really enjoy la Ley's mtv unplugged for me that's one of the best mtv unplugged performances of all time because the original format of the songs that they played are more rock progressive mm. uh more upbeat and then they just stripped it down added, added more violins added more strings and it sounds I personally prefer the MTV Unplugged for the songs that they chose to perform than the original takes for example um, the first song that they perform Animal which is also in the playlist uh, I love 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 that song and it's more because of the melody of that song and the instruments yeah. Another, but lyrically speaking, from that album, my personal favorite is probably Al Final, which is the final song. And 
Also, I prefer the, the MTV Unplugged because of the strings. I really love when a good song is complimented with violins. I've never played violins, but I am so in awe with that instrument. Yeah, me too. At some point, I know I'm going to pick it up. But for now... I personally think violin, just- it's like I look at so hard. Like, I bet it's just really hard to, to learn how to play it violin. Is. It's really hard to play violin. There's I a, a lot of technique that has you have oh to have, God. a lot of patience and, and sort of, like, I don't know, formality for you some reason. To, you have to have more patience to play violin because it's a less common uh, instrument to teach. And I feel like playing violin is one of the instruments that is harder to learn by yourself you wouldn't have to go to school for it i don't know that's like my view on it because violin is always viewed as this formal instrument very classical opera-esque but yeah seeing violin integrated more and more into songs that i enjoy is is very pleasant yeah Another song that I have on the playlist is the one that I mentioned for the song of the week, No by Shakira. Uh, for me, it's one of her yeah, most uh, simple songs written, hmm. but it talks about you can't spend your whole life being bitter because it eats you up alive, and it's about forgiveness and that sort of nostalgic feeling. Yeah. But what I feel like the best written part of that song is when it's instrumental and the so- and the guitar is doing its thing and then at the end she's like no se puede vivir con tanto veneno and she and then she's like no, no. For me like the breakdown of the song, I think that's how you would call it. Mhm. Beautiful, genius. Yeah. Immaculate. Uh- it's a beautiful Shakira song. is an amazing Her early stuff songwriter. Is, yeah. She, I think she's sort of like, <laughs> I like to joke that, uh, i say this a lot, but um, she probably was like, I did a lot of great stuff uh, during my golden uh, day. So it's time, for me, it's time for me to chill out and do whatever comes around because lately her songs have not been hidden. I respect her, um, but her songs lately have not been hidden like yeah. they used to. But I mean, yeah, she she cre- she already did a lot of great stuff, so it's fine. Yeah, she already gave us pies descalzos y donde están los ladrones and and fijación oral, which is those three albums. Wait, there's another one of hers that are essentially music and Spanish royalty mm. for me. Uh, is it like more early or more like later on? Because I I think there, I, I think her I personally feel like her last like good Latin uh, inspired I mean Latin like driven sound that that re- is reminiscent of her old stuff is um her album Sal el Sol I think. Oh yeah. Oh my. I've you know what I've actually never sat down to listen to that album. Really? But anyways, yes. It's a mixture not- of like her pop stuff with. Uh, more like Latin old Shakira flavor. Interesting. Yeah. When I think of a good songwriter, I think about her. I think about Juanes, which is also a Colombian singer. I love him to death. Yeah. And I have one of his songs on the playlist, which is Menamora. 
because of the guitars, I love the way he wrote the guitars for this and the way he, he, he drives it. Um, when I think about a good songwriter, I think about Billie Eilish as well. She is crazy yeah. talented. Really young. Really She's young. She's super young and with so much talent. Yes. Um, I chose all I want, everything I wanted from her in the playlist because... I personally think um, that's one of her uh, best songs. Best, ri best written songs. Yeah. And it's the saddest. It's very triggering in a way because it's about not wanting to be alive. She had a dream. She had a dream where she died and what happens after she died. And she's like, I had a dream. I had everything I wanted, but it's not achieving the happiness that one would dream about. It's just like me being dead and that nobody missed me and my head was underwater. Like, it's so scarring, but it's, it's genius so written. Yeah. And her brother Phineas, who contributes in her songs, um, the melodies that they created for this song uh, evokes this feeling. Like you could have a perfect day, but you listen to that song, boom, you're instantly sad. Yeah, <laughs> there's something about that song that makes makes me want to go back in a way that the way the the chorus uh, cripsing this very like grand because it's a really grand melody you know the part where she says it is um, you know it's very grand but she makes it so soft and it reminds me of a song that i put um which it's sort of like i guess you could say the beginning of a, of a very perfect pop chorus and that is um california dreaming by the mamas and the papas i love that song it i feel like it's the perfect representation of how uh some writers have started to make to write something that can that can make people scream and 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 like you know that feeling you get when you when you hear the lyrics and you're sort of like like you take a deep breathing and you just want to blur them out it's the also it's i think like they are like the i mean well they're the mamas and the papas are really um their music, their melodies are very driven into, obviously because they're a group, but they're very um, driven into harmonizing and, and, and lots of vocal layering. And that's just also uh, a really important part of songwriting, making the lyrics have life, the way you evoke them, the way you group them. If this lyric needs more people, if this lyric needs just one voice, you know, that's... Uh, the composition of the of the lyrics that you have written are play a really important part in what a songwriting is. I feel like most artists nowadays write songs for them to be singed out loud and yeah. they play them live, which is important to have songs that you would want your crowd to sing along to. But let's not forget that songwriting is also a process to provoke you to think about Things beyond the surface, mm. so to speak. In the case of Car Radio by 21 Pilots, which is one of my favorite songs ever written uh, because it tells a story. And songwriting is, like I said, since it's poetry in motion, mm. it involves telling a story in which an artist 
is giving you a story in a format of a song and every part counts. The instrument counts, the melodies count, the lyrics count, and the way they, the voice sound, everything counts. So in this song, Tyler Joseph, who writes all his songs along with his drummer, um, he's talking about sitting in silence in his car because somebody stole his car radio. And he's basically doing this internal monologue to a point where that silence in his car is driving him crazy. And you hear the progression of the song first starting slow with the with the piano. It's a very simple chord progression. Mm. And he's like, oh, I'm sitting in silence because somebody stole my car radio. And then he starts pondering about things to the point where he's like screaming in the end. Oh, I, I just, just sit in silence! Um... And you see the, the song building up musically to the point where it breaks down at a point and that silence where he's not singing and you can just appreciate the crazy drum pattern. It's basically um, him having a nervous breakdown over the silence of not having a radio to distract his thoughts. And That's amazing. The, way it's, the way it's portrayed for me, it's, it's rare to see a current um, singer-songwriter do that and I love the way he plays with sound uh, to integrate it as part of a story another example of this um, hmm, hmm, so blankly obvious that every sound is part of it one I could say Billie Eilish's um, bury a friend that song I can't I that listen song. I can't listen to it because it Why? creeps me. I, it creeps me out because the, there's like some little subtle sounds in the beat that kind of makes you feel like there's something creeping into your body. And I'm pretty sure that's what Billy and Phineas were looking out for. But it's just crazy. It's great. Um, and I saw I saw a video on TikTok where they where he takes uh, random sounds that he hears in the street and he integrates them into the song because he says that nowadays with computers, producers have access to the same toolbox. So he tries to like... Create random. new ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's great. It's, it's insane. You know, one of the most, uh, I think, from our generation... Uh, the best one writing right now, it's Lloyd. Um, and that's because... I thought you were going to say Taylor Swift. <laughs> wait, no, because Taylor's not from our generation. I mean, meaning as like born in the 1997, 1996. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like from closer from uh, our age. Because Our age group. Yeah, our age group, yeah. Um, I feel like Lloyd, it's very... A perfect songwriter in the, in the way that she knows how to write for, for the, her people. In the sense of, for us, because that's uh, true. Ribs, uh, the song that I put on the playlist is the perfect example, and I feel like it's uh, one of her uh, most finest songwriting moments. Especially at sixteen, she really knew how to uh, convey and capture cap that feeling. Cap yeah, capture the feeling of growing old. You know, you growing up, so starting your twenties. You know, old. wanting to be this adult and realizing that it's really scary. It's just beautiful it's really great i love that that's my favorite song from lord 
And you know what I like? That little voice that kind of loops like, ah, mm. at the beginning throughout the song. For me, that's um, the way she plays with it and she like turns it up, turns it down. For me, that's the best part of the song. Yeah. She's really good with the melodies. She's She's Shaping. crazy writing writing melodies. Yeah, for she's sure. She's really great. I saw I saw this video of her breaking down how she did the song sober. Mm. Oh my god. That's um, another tune. That's another great pop song. The way the way she constructed that song, it, I was it's amazed. Crazy. She really you know knows. She has anesthesia words. Uh, it's great. Uh, so that's why I think her, like, feel like her songs, her songwriting is so specific and and detailed. I know. But we really can't talk about good songwriting without mentioning the greatest song ever written of all time, which is "Piano Man" by Billy Joel. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Like, there is not one person in the world who does not like that song. If they don't like it, it's because they haven't heard it. <laughs> Because it's a simple piano melody and it tells the story. Again, with the great storytelling, I love that. I love when artists paint a picture and you can vividly imagine it through the lyrics. It's just a piano man at a bar and he's describing the people that come and go to the bar. And at some point, they're all, sing us a song, you're the piano man. Sing us a song. We want a melody and you got us feeling all right. That's what the song is based around. And for me, the best lyric, one of them, because that song, I could write a whole episode on it because it's that great. There's so much to take on the song. You can write a whole episode on it. My favorite lyric from Piano Man is, they are sharing a drink called loneliness, but it's better than drinking alone. Yeah, that song is a karaoke classic. It's a... It's how songs should be written. It's the perfect example on how to tell a story through music. It's a simple instrumental. I love it. I can't, I can't say, like, there's so much to say on this song, but I'm just going to <laughs> leave it at that, that it's the best song ever written. I'm a fan of Billy Joel. I'm not the biggest fan, but... I gotta give credit where it's due. Yeah, we that know. Is the I, best song I personally know the classic, so I think it's fine. Um, <laughs> I want to mention uh, real quick uh, the Doors. Uh, Jim Morrison, uh, he is the most genius rock star uh, to ever live. I personally think that. I agree. Uh, because he was, he really introduced uh, poetry to rock music in a sense. Uh, he gave the kind of like that uh, uh, how do I say this like the rock star uh, status of an artist like he he was the one who kind of like started that I feel like people he was firstly a a poet poet. he was a poet uh, before uh, anything happened he didn't even thought about singing or writing songs he just wrote poetry and you know he met uh the other uh, members of the Doors and, you know, started playing. And he, he his form of songwriting was basically just uh, reciting his poem, but obviously creating the mel- creating a melody for that poetry, which is also a form of uh, 
songwriting that a few artists use and his way I of, didn't know he was a poet before writing for The Doors. Yeah, I mean, uh, he used to write poetry for himself. Wow. But um, his, his form of songwriting most of the time uh, when he was, you know, writing music for The Doors was just like that. The band started playing and he just started singing and, and writing, you know, whatever he had uh, in his notebook or... Yeah, for example, the song that I uh, put in the playlist is People Are Strange, which is such a beautiful song. The story behind that is that um, he was uh, he had like writer's block, I think, and they went out for a walk and they were, uh, I think, Lauren Canyon, which is this community in California where a lot of songwriters used to live there from that era. And he was looking down at, uh, I think, like, I don't know how it works. Like, he was looking down at California or something, and he instantly got the the, the lyric of people, people are strange when you're a stranger. When and you're a he instantly, like, write it, wrote it down in the paper or something like that. And it just, alone, it's great. Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to it because for some reason, I've always been a fan of The Doors, but... I haven't given them the credit they deserve and actually sit down and listen to them. Yeah, they were very... I think the Doors is, personally, I think the most poetic rock band. They were really poetic, yeah. (laughs) You know who's a great songwriter of our age? Father John Misty. Oh, yeah. I love... His album Pure Comedy, mm. and which is why I put the first two songs of that album in the playlist because the song Pure Comedy itself um, is an observation is of society as it is, but not in the usual, oh, we eat a lot of junk food, we spend too much time on the internet kind of way, but yeah. he actually goes from the act of birth to the point where there is nothing human left. And he does it in such a way that it entices you because he compares the act of being intelligent to having a big... You know how um, being intelligent is compared to having a big brain? Mm -hmm. One of the first things he mentioned is that in the act of birth, our heads are so big for our our mom's, um, you know... Yeah. Vaginas. And to the point, but it's ironic that our heads are so big to come out out of our mom's body, but we come to the world as defenseless. Um, He made that uh, comparison in a a lot of others. And I really like the progression of the album that comes from like this egotistical perspective and it ends with like you know being human is not such a bad thing i really yeah i really love when artists are creating an album and their way of of the way they write their songs is very like chronological like you are creating a story within the songs but each song it's a separate thing but at the same time each song connects it's just great songwriting overall for a for a project and I also love songs that makes you think critically about the way we live our life. For example, every time I listen to Pure Comedy by Father John Misty, I have to sit down and listen. Mm. I can't listen to I can't listen to him lightly. I need I, when I listen to him, I have to pretty much stop everything that I do because his lyrics are so heavy. Yeah. It feels like you're kind of reading 
an essay by an Asian Greek philosopher? I think uh, I have to obviously mention because people are going to be like, it's so weird they hasn't mentioned her, but I'm going to mention Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift right now because, I mean, she is the reason why I started uh, writing myself and also the reason how I understood what some writing meant when her, she released um, her third studio album, Speak Now, that was entirely written by her and that was an impulse uh, of her by people saying that she didn't write her songs herself that she was too young for her to write her song she was like okay then i'm gonna write my next album all by myself and show them that i can do it and it's still for me i personally think it's still her best for me it's her best work yeah it, to, it is today it is perfect and you know people mention that all too well all too well is a really beautiful song and they say you know everyone it, says that um all too well it doesn't is, compare to anything yeah, in speak now everyone says that all too well is the like the perfect uh example of taylor's songwriting like the best but no like i can mention a few songs of speak now like dear john uh last kiss exactly. that are just insane especially dear john like that song is like the it just evokes so much uh, anger in a frustration. In a, yeah, frustration. Yeah, it's it's a lot of frustrating feelings uh, because this John person took advantage of her, and we actually it's a really important Taylor's, song. Yes, I mean, well, all too well, it's kind of the same thing because uh, the person she's singing about it's was older too than her, so it's kind of like the, she really kind of. <laughs> Uh, like you know uh, older guys actually dear john is a reference to the letters um spouses in the military yeah. used to send to their husbands they used to put dear john and john is a pretty common name but yeah, that song was it, written to a john exactly it was a co- coincidence that it was about john too <laughs> before we wrap up because we're kind of uh coming to an end of our yeah. time I want to mention again Shakira because sometimes mm. she writes songs in English and I saw her mentioning in one of her music videos once that it doesn't matter in what language you write your 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 music because music is your inner universal language where Yes. I like that. Yeah, even though it hits different when you write a song in lyric in English or Spanish or whatever language, um, it's still a universal language that moves you. Sometimes you don't know what a song is saying, but you can feel it in the depths of your soul because of how the artist is portraying the song. But before we leave and Thank everybody for listening to another episode. I want to ask you one last thing. Okay. You see that song of Shakira? Whenever, wherever. Mm. Which one for you it's better, in English or in Spanish? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what's weird? Because I, I heard the Spanish version first, but I think, uh, I think that uh, for some reason the English version hits more for me because whenever I, I think about that song, I instantly start singing whenever, whatever, instead of Contigo Mi Vida. For me, um, since I mostly grew up listening to English music, uh, actually preferring more music, English, English music than Spanish, I'm going to go with the whenever, wherever. But 
The song in Spanish actually kind of slaps, not going to lie. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Crack Records. We will see you next Sunday. Don't forget Thank to you. listen to our curated playlist yeah. on our show notes. Find us on Instagram. And make sure to leave us any questions, suggestions, topics, whatever either on our email address or our Instagram. Thank you so much. We will see you next Sunday. Play the outro DJ. Bye. See you.